What is up, guys? Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 26, and I am excited to talk to you guys a little bit today about what the heck you should be eating, and more importantly, kind of hopefully getting you guys out of this mindset of food avoidance and good versus bad foods. Hands down, one of the biggest things I struggle with with people that have come from a previous dieting history where uh, restrictive food intake um, by food groups has been a thing or whether whether they limited themselves to a specific type of food um, list has hands down created a very bad relationship with food and honestly is often causing those people to overeat those foods when they are not on a diet. So in today's episode, I'm hopefully going to break down some of the things on food labeling, good versus bad foods. Um, kind of talking to you guys a little bit about calories and macros versus the actual nutrition intake of your foods. I'm going to explain to you a little bit about eating for food volume and eating for food density, and then a little bit more about um, what you should be focusing on to see better results. So if you do find this episode helpful, please let me know, share it on your Instagram story. If you know somebody else that's going to get value out of this episode, please share it with them so they can get the value that they deserve. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in. So as I kind of mentioned, one of the biggest shockers I get is that whole, oh my God, this is, I can have all of these things on my food. And, the, and it's usually met with one of two, one of two ex expressions or whatever, what's the word I'm looking for. I can't even think right now. One of two reactions is one person is super excited because they've been so deprived. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm going to be able to see results and actually be able to enjoy eating a normal meal. And those people are usually really excited to just kind of break the diet cycle. And then the others that are living in a place of fear of like, if they eat these foods, they're just going to gain so much weight and they're not going to be able to stop. And it really comes down to understanding and educating those people about what it looks like to eat without weight loss in mind. So what would it look like to eat a normal meal if you were not trying to lose weight? What would it look like to eat a normal meal if you were happy with who you were right now? Because that's really what you should be doing when you're trying to lose weight or if you're really trying to just look and feel your best. So let's talk first and foremost about this concept of food labeling, good foods versus bad foods. Who dictates that? It really depends on who you're asking. So if I go to somebody who's from a low carb background eating low carb diets, they're probably going to tell you that carbs are bad. So their thought process, oh my gosh, I can't have bread, bread's bad. Or I was bad because I had bread tonight. That's the low carb dieter. Vice versa, maybe you have somebody that is uh, a vegetarian. They don't eat meat for whatever reason, reason whether it's ethical, whether it's because they're it's just a choice that they make, maybe they don't like it. But whenever somebody eats meat or they eat meat, oh my gosh, I was so bad. I had meat. I should not have had that. They cheated on their diet. We'll go into that in a second. But good versus bad really depends on who you ask. And in reality, your food is not good and bad. Food is just food. And some of it is going to be higher in nutrients than others. So we're going to talk a little bit about food quality. But what I want you to understand is you are in control of what foods are good and what foods are bad. And I, I highly encourage you, instead of labeling food good or bad based on what you think it's going to do to your waistline, to think of foods in good or bad for how they make your body feel. So if eating rice and sweet potatoes and, and those foods make you feel energized and good, then you should be eating them. You should not be avoiding them. If on the opposite, eating and smashing a pizza makes you feel like crap, I don't want to call it bad, but maybe that's a food that doesn't have the effects that you want it to have. We're going to talk a little bit more about moderation because that usually is what hands down comes, comes down to. And that's going to segue, segue, uh, segue me into my next, um, next point is 
I don't think that foods are inherently good versus bad. Instead, I actually think that eating habits are good or bad. So a good habit in terms of nutrition is somebody that can eat what they want and leave what they don't. They can see food on a plate and say, I'm satisfied and be okay with that and leave what they don't want. And they can have what they want as well and not feel guilty about it. That's a good habit. A bad habit would be somebody that restricts those foods. And then on the weekend, they tend to overeat them because they feel that they're probably never going to eat it again. This is just one example, but if it's really the habit of eating that creates the good versus bad, not necessarily the food that you're eating. So pizza isn't bad. Eating, getting too much of anything is bad. You know, even too much, you know, overeating sweet potatoes is still not a good habit. So we never want to eat ourselves until we're full. So practicing good nutrition hygiene, I guess you want to, I want to call it is that's a piece of it is, is more important than the actual food that you're eating. Now, as I'm kind of segueing from good versus bad foods, I know what you're thinking. You want to see results and you've been told that if you cut out carbohydrates, you're going to see fat loss. You're told that if you cut these foods out, you're going to see results. And in some way you are correct. You are going to see results, but not for the reason that you think you associate eating carbs as bad. You associate cutting carbs as you've lost weight. And I'm going to start to take a little bit of a segue into one of my previous episodes where I talk about what you need for weight loss is a calorie deficit. So by cutting out carbohydrates, you've now cut out a whole source of calories. So let's just use the example of, let's just say I'm eating 3000 calories a day, not dieting. I decide to cut out carbohydrates. Maybe I cut out a thousand calories out of my entire day because I cut out all of my carbs. I'm now in a thousand calorie deficit. So guess what? I'm going to start to lose weight, but it wasn't because I cut out carbs. It was because I cut out calories. However, by focusing on the cut only being from carbohydrates, I will often see a couple of things that are not necessarily desired, probably a loss in energy, mental focus, maybe even some more hunger and cravings because I've cut out a huge source of my calories and a huge source of the foods that I enjoy. And honestly, if you're a performance athlete, a huge part of the nutrients that you need to perform at your best. So it wasn't the cutting of the carbs that created the weight loss. It was the cutting of the calories. This is where macros plays a huge factor and overall calorie balance plays a huge factor. So let's talk about what it looks like to build a quality meal, because that's really what I need to teach you guys today. I don't want to focus so much on what you shouldn't be focusing on, which is cutting out food groups. Let me teach you what it looks like to build a meal plan and then manipulate it to see results. So first and foremost, whoever you are out there, whether your goal is to perform at your best, whether you're trying to lean out, whether you're trying to lose a bunch of weight, whether you're just trying to be your best, the foods you eat are going to not change. They are going to be the same. The only thing that changes is the amounts of them that you're going to be allowed to eat. And the less overall calories you have, some of the foods that are more expensive in terms of calories are probably not going to be ideal because they're not going to make you feel as satisfied. So what the heck should you be eating? I'm not going to dive into all of my lists of protein, my lists of carbs, lists of fats, yada, 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 how to build a meal. If you want that stuff, I will give it to you for free. Just shoot me a message on on Instagram. I will send you the link to my client startup guide and give that to you at no cost. However, let me go ahead and go over some basics. So building a meal for everybody, okay? Forget what you ever remember or what you were all, 
I can't even think right now. Forget what you were taught about building a meal. And here's what I want you to focus on is the components. You've got a source of protein, hopefully from something lean, like a chicken, fish, steak, a lean steak, not a fatty steak. Um, maybe a combination of eggs and egg whites, maybe some um, cottage cheese, yogurt, whey protein. You've got some source of protein in a good amount. For most women, that's going to be 20 to 30 grams. For most guys, probably going to be somewhere between 30 and 50 grams, depending on your size. So you've got, and how many times a day you like to eat, but you've got this source of protein. The next step is you've got some form of vegetable at most meals, because at the end of the day, guys, you got to eat your vegetables <laughs> for a couple of reasons. That was a really bad voice, by the way. Um, one, fiber intake. Two, anti antioxidants, um, more nutrients, all of the things your body needs to maintain proper hormone function, proper digestion, and all these things that are just going to keep your body performing at its best in whatever goals you might have. So some source of vegetables, whether it be coming from, you know, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, asparagus, Maybe it's coming from more of like a salad or a raw vegetable source, but whatever it might be, you're getting some veggies in and then you're going to round out the rest of your carbohydrates because vegetables are carbs with some other form of starchy carb. And this will be different for each individual based on how many carbs you have, but it could be anything from fruit, maybe a more starchy vegetable like a sweet potato or a butternut squash, or maybe something like a whole grain English muffin, a wrap, some rice, a little bit of pasta or something along those lines. So you're building out that base and then you're adding in some form of a fat. So we're thinking about things like our avocado to add on top of a salad, some oils to cook our meat, our vegetables in. Um, maybe it's some nuts to sprinkle on your yogurt. Maybe it's some almond butter to spread on a slice of toast, whatever it might be, but you're balancing all of those things out. That's food quality. That's what everybody should be eating regardless of your goal specifically. However, what you also want to be including is those times and those meals that maybe aren't just high-end food quality, right? So every once in a while, it might be exchanging the sweet potato and the avocado for one or two mozzarella sticks at an, as an appetizer because you want them. It might be um, choosing to have a salad and some grilled chicken because you'd rather have a slice of cheese pizza. You know, those things are part of a normal diet. And learning to eat those things in moderation it's going to help you build a plan that is more sustainable long-term. This is where if it fits your macros got its fame because it was like, oh, I can eat that and still lose weight. Yeah. I don't go through that. I don't go down that rabbit hole because I want my clients to focus on food quality because I know that my goal for my clients is that I want them to live their best life. And that means feeling and living their best. That means fueling their body the best. That means knowing that if they're feeding their body the right nutrition, they're not going to have as much of a hard time regulating hormones and having regular digestion and feeling their best and all that kinds of stuff. So food quality should be the same. Now let's talk about manipulating that for your food weight. And this is kind of going back to an old episode I had, right? And I'm going to keep re-putting re, re it out there because it's so important is for most healthy individuals, okay? And, and honestly, even if you're not a healthy individual, we still need a calorie deficit. So now we're just manipulating the amounts. You choose where you want to take those calories from, but you have to choose not from a place of judgment and from a place of what does my lifestyle look like and what does my budget of calories look like and how hungry am I? So here's the thing is our eyes are a huge piece of our satiation in terms of food. So if I put a tablespoon of oil on a plate, it's not going to feel very filling. However, if I fill that same plate with a sweet potato, 
it's going to look a lot bigger to my eyes. I will feel more satisfied by eating more food. I know that. I will also feel more satisfied by having more food in my belly. This is often why when people do clean up their food quality, they, they complain about being full for the first week because when you're going from low quality foods that are higher in calories, like nachos and fried foods and things like that, to higher quality foods that are lower in calories, like chicken breast and rice and sweet potato and veggie, veggies, it's a lot more food on your plate for a lot less calories. So food volume is your best friend when you are eating higher quality foods. You honestly often will even crave less if you're filling your plate with more high quality foods. I just want you to understand that it doesn't mean you can't have those other things. This is going to bring me to my next point. I don't believe in cheat foods. I don't believe in cheat days. There will be times when I have my clients take a break from the thought of tracking food and or figuring out meal balance. There's going to be times where you know what? You just want to have 10 chicken wings and, and a, a pint of beer because it's a Saturday night and you haven't had a night out with the guys in a while, or you're out with your friends and you guys decide to have some, you know, champagne mimosas, whatever it might be. There's going to be times where meal balance and quality isn't the primary focus, but the majority of your time for most general pop, that should be 80% or more is food quality first. That's number one. And so Let's talk about this whole cheat mentality because I did want to kind of dive into that a little bit more. I was just looking at my notes for a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself. What does it mean to cheat? Okay, let's think about what cheating is. In high school, when you saw somebody cheating on somebody else on a, on a, or cheating on a test by looking at somebody else's answers or, you know, cheating on, uh, you know, whatever it might be, just cheating on an exam, you know, those types of things. Maybe you, you what I, when I think of cheating, I think of dishonesty. Okay, like uh, in a relationship, somebody that cheats on a significant other, that's dishonesty. They've not been honest about something and they and they did something that they are not proud of. Okay, so that's really what cheating is. Choosing to eat a slice of pizza on a Saturday night is not cheating on a diet. You're not cheating on something because there's nothing to cheat on. There's nothing dishonest about having a slice of pizza. However, I'm going to go into the one habit that you guys should all be focusing on to see better results. And this is where cheating can become a factor. If you guys wanna know the number one thing you should be focusing on in order to see better results, you should be keeping a food journal. Hands down, there's a couple of things a food journal does. That's why I'm so big about tracking for those of you guys that wanna see results. One, it builds awareness, okay? So now you see what the food you're eating is is looking like in terms of calories, in terms of macronutrients, in terms of micronutrients, in terms of satisfaction, you're going to know how you felt after having that bagel and cream cheese that you were hungry an hour later, or you felt really satisfied. You're going to know those things now. You're going to see how expensive they are. You're going to learn how to manipulate those things to make them feel more satisfied. You're going to be able to build a meal plan that feels really good to you. So awareness is number one. Two, it makes you, it forced you to stop mindless eating. So if somebody's tracking their food accurately, they're going to be less inclined to just grab things on the go, specifically if they are also abiding by a set of calories or macronutrients, because they're not going to want to eat something that might not fit the day because their goal is to make sure that they're in on track for the day. So it does build a level of accountability in making sure that you're not just grabbing things on the go. Guys, one of the biggest pitfalls that I see is people that just 
are mindlessly eating because they're out at work and they're like hungry. They grab a handful and that's here and they grab this there and they don't even think about it because it doesn't feel very satisfying. They're just mindlessly eating it. It just happens without even thinking about it. So it makes you more mindful of what you're eating. Number three, you become aware not just of what you're eating, but how that food makes you feel, like I said. And then you can manipulate those foods to make that fit a plan that's going to work for you. So that's number one. Now, now how we can get into cheating here is, you know, if that's the number one thing that I want all of my clients to start with is if you're not doing that 100%, you are cheating. You're cheating on yourself. You're not cheating on me, but you're cheating on yourself because you're not being honest with what you're actually taking in. And if you want to see results, you have to know what's actually going in. I'm not saying you can't have it. I'm saying you have to accurately track it because now I know exactly what you're eating so that I can manipulate it in order to make it work better. So if you're someone that's like, I keep having a craving for M&Ms and you're not logging the M&Ms, I can't help you with the M&M problem. (laughs) All I can do is wonder why is this person not losing any weight? Whereas if you tell me, Cheryl, every night at 7.30 PM, I just like want dark chocolate and I'm going for these M&Ms because they're in my cupboard. And then we're troubleshooting something. So the cheating happens when you're not accurately tracking everything in your food journal. So food journaling is number one. Before macros, before calories, before anything else, you should be keeping an accurate food journal. Now, one of the biggest issues people have with keeping a food journal is going to probably lead you into one of the habits I'm going to tell you I do think is a very bad habit. And this is something that I fullheartedly believe in. Some people probably will agree against me because usually it's like, well, I'm too busy. This and that is the number one habit that I would consider a bad habit is relying too much on pre-made foods. Meaning you're eating at restaurants, you're eating on the go, you're eating things that you did not prepare. Hands down. Living out of a restaurant, out of a drive-thru, out of a pre-made deli section is not the best way to take care of yourself and or to see results. And I know that sounds like super elementary and maybe even a little bit harsh, but it comes down to guys, if you really want to see results, you have to know what's creating them. Literally going to a restaurant is taking medication that you have no idea what it is and or the dosage of it. So would you go to a doctor and take a medication without a label and just guess about how many to take? No, you're going to say, what am I taking? He's going to give you a bunch of facts on it. And he's going to tell you how much to take. And he's going to tell you the side effects of it and what to watch out for. But when we go to a restaurant. Nope, they don't care. They don't. They don't care about your waistline. They don't care about your goals. They're feeding you. That's it. So the number one habit that's stopping most people is not their fear or their, their eating of bad foods. It's literally not taking care of themselves and prioritizing meal prep and planning. And, and honestly, you know, just being more accountable to what they're eating. Now, I know that that can be like, well, I'm really busy. I don't have time to meal prep. So your meal prep should be very easy because it takes two minutes to throw a piece of chicken in the crock pot, you know, and yes, that's not always the sexiest thing to do, but it is also focusing on food quality. The other thing is, is to recognize that what we eat is probably the most important thing in our lives. It is the one thing that takes the back burner. What you put in your mouth fuels your everyday activity. It fuels your life. It gives your brain energy. So not taking the time to prioritize it, which really does not take that much time, is basically telling yourself like you don't matter and you do matter. And I get it. There are a lot of bigger picture things that matter more out there, but taking the time to do that stuff is what you really need. 
So I don't want to make this episode too lengthy. I do want to make sure that I got across all of my points here. Most importantly is I want you guys to understand that meal balance matters more than anything and that eliminating food groups is only working because it's changing the amount of calories that you're eating. This also goes, and I'm not going to get into another tangent, but even goes down to meal timing, restricted eating windows. It's just still manipulating the amount of calories you're eating. It's not the intermittent fast that's causing the weight loss. It's you're more accountable to what you're eating because you don't have as many opportunities to eat. So instead of focusing so much on all these things that you shouldn't be doing, eating less carbs, eating this, focus on what you should be doing. Start by establishing a base, figure out meal balance, take the time to unlearn the bullshit habits that the dieting industry is teaching you and learn the right habits that's going to create you more growth. Keep a food journal, understand how the food you eat makes you feel. What foods make you feel more satisfied? What foods make you feel more hungry? What foods do you need to incorporate on a regular basis to feel satisfied so you don't overdo it? At the end of the day, Always know that you don't know what you don't know unless you ask. So don't be afraid to reach out to myself or any other nutrition coach out there because we're all here to create more impact in this world. And that's why I do what I do. Hope you guys all have an amazing day and I will talk to you all next week.